All right, Joe, we'll say good morning, good morning. Let us begin. Sorry. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's share. To thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Sivan. To thank Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month in the Shusavarafua Shalema for their niece, Chabat Sipora Bas Chayim Malka. To thank Shmuley and Liba Dinovitz. For dedicating the Shi'urim this month in the Schus for the Aliyah for the Neshama of Shmuli's father, Harav Paras Avram, then Harav Binyamin Moshe. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Adam and Leslie Rosen, for a Refush and the Schus for Refush, then for Esther Bas Sarah, and our day of learning sponsor, Lloyd Chazen. This is uh, Mr. Maravich, is also here, Baruch Hashem. Today is the Torontonians. Hey, Lloyd Chazen, in commemoration of the art site of his father, Moshe Michal ben Shimon Yaakov, Zichron Lebracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, the family Zayn Chama, and all of those who require a Refuah Shalema should have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. Well, see, with that, let us begin. A beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today, a really interesting daf. Today's daf is Kuf Beis 102, and we are picking up in Yerat Hashem on Kuf Aleph on Beis 101b. And we're picking up at the two dots, two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven lines up from the bottom. Amarava. Rava says as follows. So let's remember again, yesterday we had the great Ezekhos to begin this new parak. Twelfth parak of Yivamis Mitzvah's Chalitza. And it is here that we're really getting into the details, Mamish, the details regarding the mitzvah of Chalitza. So says the Gimara, Amarava. Tzrihi Dayan the Mikvah Duchta. When performing Chalitza, the Dayanim, now as we already established in yesterday's daf, that you don't really need Dayanim, right? Ultimately, all you need is three people, even Hedyotos, even regular individuals. They just have to be capable of feeding look, the, the lines to the respective individuals, to the Yavam and to the Yavama. Now, another interesting halacha, which is when performing Chalitza, they have to establish a place. In other words, you can't do like pick up chalitza. You can't decide to do chalitza. They, they have to establish a spot in which chalitza is going to occur. And the mikvah, that's the means, mikvah duchta. Rashi says, l'shem kach. In other words, that there has to be a statement, we're going to perform chalitza in so-and-so location. So the verse, where do we get that? From the chsiv, we also yevimto hashara el Because we'll say, interestingly enough, the Pasuk says that the yevama, the woman, will come to the gate. Now, the gates of the city represent where Beisdin would normally establish itself. But the fact that the Pasuk says that she comes up to the Shara, she comes up to the gate, indicates to us that Yibum requires a specific predefined location. So the Gemara tells some stories about this. Rav Papa of Rav Huna Rav Yoshua of the Uvde Bechamisha. Rav Papa and Rav Huna Rav Yoshua once participated in a Chalitza and they assembled a group of five. A group of five, Keman, Kirabi Huda. So we'll say, who does five represent? That's Rabbi Huda. We saw this in yesterday's daf. What is Rabbi Huda Darshan? Rabbi Huda says, the Pasik says, Zikne, which is two, Zikainim, which is two, and you can't have a based in shakal. You can't have an even numbered based in. So you add on one, that's five. But one second, what did we see in yesterday's daf? But yet Rabbi Huda himself retracted or recanted, right? He went ahead and he, he backed down from that position and he actually came, a lot, came around to the position that says you only need three, not five. So what's going on over here? Tushimur says, you're right. They really only need three. So why did they get five? Le Milsa 
in order to go ahead and publicize the matter. So it's actually very interesting. So in other words, that sometimes halacha so you could go ahead and establish a bezdin, and then you might add on numbers to that bezdin, not because you need additional numbers, but why? Because you want to be mefarsim. You want, to, you want the matter to have some level of publicity. Obviously, the more people you have on your bezdin, the more publicity the matter gets. Good. Ravashi iklil bey Rav Kahana. Ravashi went to ask Rav Kahana. Amrle salik mar legabon lemaluye bey chamisha. So we'll say Ravashi went to the house of Rav Kahana, and Rav Kahana said, "Good, we're so happy you're here. You're going to help us fill out a group of five to perform a chalitza." Amr Rav Kahana have a kaim na kamei dravuda. Amrle ta sak lezirza dikani litzaruf bey chamisha. Another story. Rav Kahana said, "I was once in front of Rav Yehuda, and Rav Yehuda said to me, 'Come.'" Go up to the place where there is the bundle of reeds in order to go ahead and help us create a group of five. Now, there's two things happening over here. Number one, he's telling him to go to the place where there's the bundle of reeds. This goes back to what we said before in the name of Rava, namely that the Dayanim have to pre-establish a spot in which the Chalitz is going to occur. Right? So that's why he's telling him, go up to the place where there's the bundle of reeds. That pre-establishes the spot. Now, of course, interestingly enough, he's also telling him, and you'll become part of our group of five. Group of five, why do you need five for a chalitza? Amrulo lama li chamisha. Why do I need five? So he said to him, Amrulo milsa. Ultimately, in order that the matter should have some level of publicity. So we'll say, so interestingly enough, we seem to see this theme over here, that halacha lamaisa, even though Rabbi Huda himself went ahead and said you no longer need five, but in order to create some level of publicity with this, we go ahead and we have five. Not because the Beisdin needs five, but to create publicity around the Chalitza event. Rav Shua Huda was in front of Rabbi Huda. Same thing. Go up to the place where there's the bundle of reeds, and go ahead and come and and become part of our group of five. Why? So once again, two things happening over here. Number one, go to a particular location. So that's based on what we learned before in the name of Rava, that Chalitza has to take place in a predefined location. And number two is adding in, become, become part of this group of five. Why part of the group of five? Lifar sume milsa. Not because the basin for Chalitza requires five, but because five ultimately will create greater publicity. Beautiful. I'm sorry. There's, okay, so now there's a wrinkle in this, in this story. So remember again, let's go back for just a moment. This is Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, who's coming before Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda tells Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, go, Go up to the place where there's the bundle of reeds and become, sorry, so predefined location and become part of our group of five. Fine. So now we've pre-established location. And number two, we also go ahead and we also go ahead and have a group of five. Not that you need a group of five, but rather again, the group of five is there for what purpose? To create a person, to create publicity. Then I will say, comes along Rabbi Shmuel Bar and says, Rabbi, I don't think I could do this. Amalei Tanina, be Yisrael. The Torah says that Chalitza has to happen, be Yisrael. What do I learn from that? The based in Yisrael, followed by based in Shalgerim. It should happen in a based in of Jews, 
and not a Beisdin of Gerim. They are both saying, Rav Shmuel, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, look at Rashi for just a moment. Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, well, actually we'll get to it in just a moment. He said, well, actually let's read it. So the Gemara says, Va'ana Ger'ana. Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda says, I'm a convert. I'm a convert. They both say, if you look at Rashi, Va'ana Ger'ana, hu va'aviv nisgairu. They both say, this is very interesting. Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, he and his father converted. He and his father converted. See, interestingly enough, what must have happened over here is as follows. They converted as adults, I, but he's known as Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda. So I will say, if you remember, again, we actually touched on this earlier in the Masechta about the concept of a family converting together. A family converting together. And ultimately, again, the concept that when a family converts together, it is possible for the familial unit, in some respects, to remain intact. So Rav Shmuel... And his father, Yehuda, obviously that's his Jewish name, right? That's his Hebrew name once he converted. They converted together. And apparently he remained known as Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda. So he says something fascinating. He says, I can't serve on this Beisdin for Chalitza because the Beisdin for Chalitza by definition requires Jews. Jews who are Jewish from birth, not Gerim. So the Gemara says, Amar of Yehuda, Shavidus said, by the way, this Kigon Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Mafikna Mamona Apume. This guy, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, he is so honest and so upstanding, I would even extract money based on his testimony. Based on his testimony. So the Gemara says, Mafikna? You would extract money based on his testimony. You can't extract money based on anyone's singular testimony, right? Extracting money has to be a din of what? Of a din Torah. To which the Gemara says, You can only extract money based on the testimony of two witnesses. Rather again, Rav Yehuda said, I would go ahead and downgrade the validity of a star based on his testimony. Look at Rashi, what does this mean? Marana Shtara Apume, Di Omer Yedanabe, Diparia, Lomizdakina Lemein Babe. So I will say there's a concept like this that let's say someone comes to Beisdin, right? Ruven presents a star against Shimon, right? And then a witness shows up and says, It's true, it's true that Ruven has the star, but I know that Shimon paid it off already. I know that he paid it off already. So I say, Shavi Huda said, if Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda were to come to Beisdin and he were to say, I know that there's a star, but the star is paid off, I would believe him. So I was supposed to say, the point over here is without getting into the halachic legal details, what's happening over here, Rav Yehuda is saying, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda is such an upstanding individual that his word would carry so much weight in Beisdin. Rav say, let's go back and talk about this. We've now, so let's, here's what we have. Number one, how many people do you need for the basin for Chalitza? How many people? Three, right? Why do we see them sometime using five? Pearsum, Pearsum to create publicity. Next halacha, you must go ahead and pre-establish a place, a location in which the Chalitza process is going to occur. Shara, learn that from Shara. Now, new halacha, Gerim cannot serve on the basin for Chalitza. Apparently. So let's analyze this piece. So Amar Rava, Rava says, tap of kuf base, tap line 102a, ger danes chaveru dvar Torah. Most listen to this. A ger is permitted to go ahead and judge his friend. Judge his friend. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Ger danes chaveru, dinei nefashas. Dilei dinei mamnas, afil l'kol Yisrael. This is not a kol kshem, ladon dinei mamnas. So we'll say, so we're going to see over here, a ger 
is permitted to go ahead and judge a capital case for another ger. It goes without saying, says Rashi, that, that a ger could judge, a, could judge monetary cases. Anyone could judge monetary cases. But a ger is permitted to sit on a capital case for another ger. Shene emar, som tasim alecha melech, asheiv charashem alakecha, ba mikherev achecha tasim alecha. So we'll say, listen to this. The Torah here quotes the Pasek. Now this is by a king, right? By a king, the Torah says, place a king upon you, som tasim alecha melech, from the midst of your brethren, Tasim Alecha Melech. Shall you go ahead and place a king upon you? So I will say, this, this concept, by the way, teaches me that for positions of, of higher leadership, you must appoint Jews who are Jews from birth and can't appoint Gerim, cannot appoint converts. This is learned that from the concept of Mikerev Achecha. Then I will say, the Gemara makes a fascinating drasha. The Gemara says, Alecha hu mikerev achecha. It is only that a ger cannot go ahead. So, say, so for example, we know this is why a ger cannot, cannot be appointed king. Cannot be appointed king, right? You can't have, which of course makes also a ger has to come from Shevet Yud. I also remember again, the detractors of David HaMelech. One of the ways that they wanted to delegitimize his claim to the throne was because of Rus. Was because of Rus, because she was a Gioras. They felt that he was totally disqualified. Of course, again, they ignored a lot of other familial information in between Rus and David. But the point over here is that a Ger cannot become king. Similarly, again, a Ger cannot be a member of the Sanhedrin. That ultimately, again, when there is going to be someone, because again, Rashi points out over here that a Dayon, a judge, has the same status as a king. Rashi, if you look at Rashi, Alechu Dabain on Mikaravachacha. So I will say Rashi says, Dayon Bichla Melech, the Siv Melech, the Mishpat Yamid Aretz. So the so the 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 Dayon, the, the judge, has the same status as the king. So I will say, whenever there is someone Alecha upon you, your person upon you, either the king or the judge, must have the same genealogical status as you, i.e. Jewish from birth. Now, what that tells you is, however, a ger can serve on a bezdin over other gerim. Over other gerim. So a ger could adjudicate a capital case for other gerim. But for a Jew from birth, anyone who's going to sit in a leadership position on top of a Jew from birth ultimately has to be mikera vachacha, a Jew from birth as well. So the Gemara says, Alecho hudabaina mikera vachacha, aval ger, Don es chavero ger. But one ger is permitted to go ahead and sit in judgment on another ger. Now, I will say a very important qualification. Now, I will say this is actually very important. When we speak about a ger, so remember again, this is either talking about someone, either about someone who ultimately, again, himself converted, or has born to two parents who converted, or I should, no, someone himself who converted. But if his mother was Jewish, so we'll say if you have a situation of a person whose mother is Jewish, but let's say whose father is not Jewish, that person doesn't have the status of a ger. That person has the status of a Yisrael, a regular Jew. In other words, if you're born to a Jewish mother, you're in, you're in. Not, not, nothing really more to go ahead and discuss. Good. So we'll say now, for our purposes, Uli'in chalitza. I will say the, the exception to this is chalitza. And this is fascinating. chalitza, aviv Yisrael. I will say this is fascinating. Apparently, 
the judicial requirements for chalitza are, are stronger than even the judicial requirements for a capital case. See, for a capital case, we've just established that you can sit on a basin for a capital. Again, for a capital case, if it's a capital case, if the defendant is a ger, then even a ger is permitted to be a judge. If the defendant is a Yisrael, then the judge must be Jewish from birth. Definition of Jewish from birth, born to a Jewish mother. For chalitza, this is incredible, for chalitza, you need to be born to both a Jewish mother and father. Where does that come from? Then I will say, now what I want to point out is what is this talking about in the Basik? This is talking about over here, if you do chalitza, if you do, if a man does chalitza with his sister-in-law, v'nikra shmo b'Yisrael, beis chalutz hanal. The man will be known b'Yisrael. Now I both say, the Gemara Darshans, what does it mean he'll be known b'Yisrael? Look at Rashi. Mashma shihei misrael Yisrael mikol tzdodin. This is an incredible drasha. So I both say, the Pasuk says he will be known b'Yisrael. The Gemara is understanding that b'Yisrael means the beisdin that is administering the chalitza. The Beisdin that is administering the Chalitza has to be Be Yisrael. What does it mean to be Be Yisrael? Be Yisrael means you are a Yisrael from all sides. From all sides. From your mother's side, from your father's side. You are a Yisrael on every single side. So So it turns out, isn't this incredible? So it turns out that the requirements for a Beisdin for Chalitza are actually more intense than the requirements for a Beisdin of a, for, for a capital case. Now the truth is, it's not a Chiddush, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a Pasek. It's a Pasek. That for, that for Chalitza, ultimately, again, the Beisdin has to be Be Yisrael, the Dayanim have to be Jewish on both, they're from their mother and from their father. Amar Rabba, Amar Rav Khan, Amar Rav. So I'll say, incredible Gemara. So I'll say, so now we're going to transition, we're going to learn anything and everything you ever wanted to know about shoes, right? So this is, if you're a shoe person, this is your Gemara. So listen to this. Amar Rabba, Amar Rav Khan, Amar Rav. Im Yavo Eliyahu, V'yomar Cholzim B'minal, Shomen Lo. Ein Cholzim B'sandal, Ein Shomen Lo. So we'll listen to this. So I've kind of said the name of Rav. If Eliyahu and were to come, and he were to tell us today, you could, you could do Chalitza with a Minal, and I will say, we'll discuss exactly what, what we're going to do, I will say, is as we go through this Sogya, we're going to learn about the details for the shoe for Chalitza. There are going to be a number of different details. At the end of the so you will put the details together and we'll be able to actually see, right? We'll see pictures ultimately of what the Chalitza shoe itself actually looks like. Actually looks like. Now I will say, just so we get our terms correct, we already saw Rashi. Rashi in the Mishnah said, what's a minal? Minal, getting translated as shoe. But Rashi in the Mishnah said, shal orach, this is a shoe of soft leather, ke'en shalanu, a shoe like ours. Then I both say, when Rashi says a shoe like ours, what does that mean? It means it covers all sides of the foot. That's a minal, for our purposes. Minal means soft leather, covers covers all sides of the foot. So therefore, again, Rafkana says the name of Rav and Avi were to come and to tell us he can't do chali, you could, you could do, I'm sorry. If Yon were to come and he were to say, you could do chalitza with a minal, and we're going to see a minal is not ideal. But if you could do chalitza with a minal, we would listen to him, fine. However, if he were to say, that you can't do chalitza with a sandal, we wouldn't listen to him. Why not? Because Klal Yisrael has already been using a sandal. Now I will say, is a very profound, a very profound Gemara. 
also about the power of Minag Yisrael. That when Klal Yisrael does something, and Klal Yisrael has been doing something for a very long time, ultimately, again, that takes on the power of Halach. And I will say, you always have to go ahead and be careful with this, right? It doesn't mean, ah, you know what? I know in my family, we've been Mechalal Shabbos for generations, right? So again, this is our Minog, this is what we do, this is our Mesora. No, I, I, obviously, again, right? So we'll say, so, no, but in all seriousness, sometimes people get used to certain types of behaviors and, you know, that's not obviously what we're referring to over here. We're talking about the idea that, that something has become ingrained within Klal Yisrael for generations. So again, Klal Yisrael has been using the sandal for generations, for generations. So ultimately, even if Elyonavi were to come and to say, ah, we cannot go ahead and use the sandal, we would not listen to him. We would not listen to him. So Rav Yosef, if Elyonavi were to come and he were to say, we don't do chalitza with a minal, shomilo, we would listen to him. So we'll say a little bit of an alternate version. If Elyonavi were to come and were to say, we won't use the minal for chalitza, we would listen to him. However, in Cholzin Besandal, if he were to say we don't do Chalitza with a sandal, then in Shomunlo, then we would not listen to him. Why? Shekvar Naogua Am Besandal. Ultimately, again, because Kalaliso has already conducted itself to use a sandal. So, my Benayu, ultimately, again, what's the difference between them? Ika Benayu, Minal Lechatchila. Shabbosai, what's the difference in other words? What's the difference in these two versions, right? The difference in the two versions, Rabosai, is whether or not a minal can be used l'chatchila. You see, everyone agrees the sandal, the sandal is used. The sandal is used, and the sandal is even used l'chatchila, and that's the point. The sandal is so part of the chalitza process that even if Elinavi were to come and were to say, you can't use the sandal, we wouldn't listen. We wouldn't listen. The shayla is minal. Minal, we use it. We use it, and again, in version number one, if Elyon were to say use it, we would accept it. In version number two, if Elyon were to say stop using it, we would stop using it. So what's the community between version one and version two? Can a minal be used l'chatchila for chalitza? That's the fundamental shayla, and we'll delve into that. And according to the opinion that says the minal can be used even l'chatchila, we learn, if you look at the Mishnah, what does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says that if you went ahead and you did chalitza with the minal, your chalitza is kosher. Then I will say, what does that Lashon seem to indicate? That Lashon indicates right? that if you went ahead and you used a minal, that ultimately it works, but not. To which the Umar says, no, 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 not. you can't infer from the Mishnah. In reality, you could even use the Mishnah. But since at the end of the day, the Seifa of the Mishnah says that if you use the Ampila, how do we translate Ampila? Facts. That's for now. We'll redefine that a little bit today as well. This, since that the, the Seifa said that if you use the Ampila, the chalitza is possible. Therefore, dafilu bidi eved, the eved, even bidi eved, you can't use the sacks. Tani nami reisha di eved. We use the same type of lashon of bidi eved, ultimately, again, by the case of minal as well. So it's really just mishneik symmetry, but you can't really infer whether or not minal could be used even lachatrila. To which the Gemara says, umina lachatrila tanahi. In reality, the use of a minal lachatrila. Is So we'll say, just want to point out, what we have over here so far is like this. Sandal, sandal, 
for chalitza. What's talacha? Sandal for chalitza? L'chatchila. L'chatchila, l'chatchila. To the point that even if Ilyanavi Bichvodu Ba'asmo shows up and says, no more sandal, what do we say to Ilyanavi? Take a hike. Right? You all say, scary part is, could it be that we've already told Ilyanavi to take a hike? Right? Isn't the scariest thing about Gula is that when Gula presents itself, when Gula presents itself, ultimately, again, we'll be ready to accept it. We'll be ready to embrace it, or we'll be so set in our ways that even if Ilya Navi is talking to us, we will not listen. But sandal, yes, l'chatchila, right? Let's go on the other side of the spectrum. And pila, socks, socks, everyone agrees, even Bidi Eved, no. The interesting point of contention over here is minal. Is minal. Now the Gemara says, minal is a machlokes tanoim. Listen to this. It was a great story. So the Gemara says, Disanya, I'm Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi said, Pam achos halachti l'netzivin. One time I went to the city of Nitzivin, and I will say, Matsasi Zakin Echad, and I found an old man. Amartilo, Klum Atabaki Rabihuda Ben Besera. Rabihuda Ben Besera lived in the town of Nitzivin. So Rabiosi shows up in the town, he finds an old man, he says, Tell me, what do you know about, do you know any of the halachas of Rabihuda Ben Besera? Amr Lohain, the old man said, Yes, Va'al Shulchani Hutadir. And in fact, Rabbi Huda ben Becerra used to frequent my table often. Incredible. Klumra Isa Shechalatz Biyabama. Shabbi Yossi says to the old man, tell me, did you ever see Rabbi Huda ben Becerra do a chalitza? Right? Did you ever see him do a chalitza? Amr Ali Ra'isi Shechalatz Harbei Pamim. Sure, I saw chalitzas all the time. I saw a lot of chalitzas. Shabbi Yossi says, tell me, when Rabbi Huda did a chalitza, b'minal o b'sandal, what shoe did he use? Did he use a minnow? Did he use a sandal? Armor, the old man said to me, the chicholzen b'minnow? Incredible. So the old man said, what kind of question is that? Are you allowed to do chalitza with a minnow? Are you allowed to do chalitza with a shoe? Hatorah amr narav lo minnow. Amr lo, amr lo imkain, ma'ra, ma'ra, so again, so I will say, so the old man says back to Rabbi Yossi, you can't do chalitza with a minnow. Of course, when Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra did a chalitza, what did he do, what did he do a chalitza with? With a sandal. Amarti lo imkain. Mara'a Rabbi Meir lo marchalitza b'minal chalitza sekshera. So Rabbi Yossi says back to the old man, but what about the Mishnah? Mishnah that says that if you did chalitza with a min'al, your chalitza is kosher. Now both say, he says, Mara'a Rabbi Meir. Now remember again, our Mishnah is a stam Mishnah. Mishnah without attribution. We generally assume that who is the author of Mishnahis without attribution? Rabbi Meir. So I, Rabbi Meir, said in the Stam Mishnah that if you did chalitza with a minal, the chalitza is kosher. So Rabbi Yaakov, Amr Mishmo, cholzin b'minal v'chatchila. And furthermore, again, Rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov even said, even said in his name, that I will say, as we just said before, from the Mishnah, it sounds like Rabbi Meir is saying you could do chalitza with a minal, but it's only kasher b'dyevet. But in fact, Rabbi Yaakov says in the name of Rabbi Meir that it's even l'chatchila. So like we just said before, I said, so why did Rabbi Meir phrase it as only good b'dyevet? Why? Why? Mishnaic symmetry, textual symmetry. So Rabbi say, what do you see from here? You see, it's machlogis tanaim. Rabbi Huda ben Beseira would not do a chalitza with a minal. With a minal. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, you could do chalitza with a minal. From the Mishnah, sounds like Bediyeved, but Rabbi Yaakov says, even L'Chatchila. So what's going on over here? So the Gemara says, Umandam L'Chatchila lo maitaima. So we have a fundamental machlokas. Can you use a minal or not? So let's talk about this a little bit. 
The person, the opinion who says that lechatchili you can't use a minal. What's wrong with a minal? What's wrong with a minal? To which the Gemara says, "My taima ilema mishum dahavya pansa meal vaaraksa meal de meal." Here's the problem with a minal, right? The pansa. What's the pansa? She will say a minal is what we'll call a typical shoe. So what do you have on a typical shoe, right? You have you have the the sole, the sides, and the top. And the top. So maybe the problem with the minals is we'll say fascinating. The, you have the pansa. The pansa is the upper section. The upper section of the shoe. That's called me'al. So I will say, just to point out over here what's happening is the, the Torah is going to say, the Torah is going to say that the, the lashon is v'chaltsa na'alo me'al raglo. She has to remove his shoe from me'al, from upon his foot which we're going to see means that the removal of the shoe must be a removal of something that is directly upon the foot of the Yavam. So watch this. Maybe the problem with the minal is like this. You have the pansa, which is the upper section of the shoe, araksa, and then you have the straps, the laces. And where do the laces sit? Where do the laces sit? On top of the top part of the shoe. So maybe the problem is she's going to have to obviously undo the laces and then take off the shoe. Maybe the fact that she has to undo the laces and the laces don't sit right on top of the foot. What do the laces sit on top of? What do the laces sit on top of? On top of the upper section. Maybe that's called me'al de me'al. Maybe that's called something on top of something. Torah amra me'al. It's incredible. The Torah says, the Torah says you, the, the Yavama has to remove the shoe from on top of the foot. The problem is if you're using a minal, she removes the laces, and the laces are not on top of the foot. What are the laces on top of? The laces are on top of something that is on top of the foot. Incredible. If that's the case, okay, I hear that. I hear that. I will say, by the way, just see, see, is, is, isn't it absolutely incredible? What a musr, you know, we think to ourselves, really, just minal, just take, just take off the shoe. Just take off the shoe. Let's move on with our lives. Right? I'll say, sometimes, you know, the, the phrase goes, the devil is in the details. It's not the devil in the details. It's the ribono shal olam in the details. Life is all about the details. People like to say, I'm like a big picture person. I, I have yet to meet a fully successful big picture person. Right? Any big picture person who's not mired in details, or at least doesn't have a staff of people who are mired in details, right? can't be successful. Life is all about the details. So I will say, this is it. This is it. This is the de- it's a detail. The Torah says, me'al, me'al. So what does me'al mean? Me'al means from on the foot. So maybe the problem is if you're using a minal, if you're using a minal, you're removing laces, which are not on top of the foot. They're on top of something that's on top of the foot. If that's the case, I hear it. I hear it, but it makes perfect sense. But if that's the case, I feel the eved namilo. If that's the case, I will say, then even the eved, even bidi eved, a minal shouldn't work. To which the gezerah says, I feel, I feel, I feel, To which the says, you're right, you're right. That's not the problem. What's the problem with a minal? Gezerah mishum minal merufat. See, I will say the problem over here now is because ultimately, again, of a minal merufat. Rashi says merufat, almost right across. Mevuka karua milamala. Dechevan dirachich afagav dekarua. Akare. I suppose say the issue over here is because of a torn, 
a torn minal. Iachi mishum chatsi minal. I will say the other possibility is because if a person is wearing a half a minal, which I will say is ultimately, again, only covers half of the foot. Amarav, ilav dechamise lechavive, dechalatz besandal de isle shinsin, analo havi chalitzna, ela besandala de taya, so Rav says, had I not seen my uncle go ahead and perform a chalitza with a sandal that has straps, so we'll say now this is back to a sandal for just a moment, I wouldn't have, I would have only used the sandal that the Arab merchants wear. What type of sandal do the Arab merchants wear? It's a very snug fit. It's a very snug fit. In other words, it doesn't rely on laces to really go ahead and lace it up. It's a very snug fit. Didan, and I will say, what about our sandals? So I will say, so I just want to point out over here. So what, what, what we have, what we have over here is the p- potential problems with using a minal. Either maybe it's a me'al, me'al, me'al de me'al, the problems with the laces that sit on top of the upper, the upper, the upper part of the leather. Other possibility is a concern that you may come to use a torn minal. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. Another possibility is you may come to use an ill-fitting minal. Now I both say we're transitioning back to sandal. So you have Ravu comes along and says, even with a sandal, I would have preferably not used the sandal that relied on straps. I would have used the sandal that ultimately is tight fitting. The high didan, our sandal, afagav de ispe chamarta, even though again our sandals have a knot, katrinan be misna kiehi de tehavi chalitza samalyasa. We still have both sides. So now this is a fascinating detail. It's very interesting. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, afagav de ispe chamarta, kesher kasher al svasavu ma'amido shalo yetzi mina regal, afilochi bishas chalitza katrinan be misna kiehi de tehsihi vetishri abadatarhos. We'll say, we're going to see something fascinating. So, so let me let me translate the words, and then we'll explain what this is. So, the Gemara says as follows. So, Rav says that ultimately, again, our sandals, even though they have a knot, then I will say the sandal that he's referring to over here must have had one knot at the opening to keep the sandal was a snugger fit, right? The leather was a snugger fit, and there was one knot to keep the sandal on the on the on the leg on the foot. What we're going to see is for chalitza, we are makbid to use a sandal that has a strap, that has a strap, and a strap that actually fastens the sandal to the leg itself. And so we're going to see why we need to use that. All of that is based on the fact that the Torah, when describing the chalitza process, says that the chalitza goes ahead and v'chalitza na'al me'al raglo. She's taking off. So again, we're going to dash it, but we're going to see that we're going, so, I, so we're, we're building up the, our shoe construct. So, so far what we're seeing is the ideal is to use what? The ideal is to use what? Sandal. Now we're going to see, well, it's not just any sandal, but it's also a sandal with straps. What, where those straps have to go, we're going to develop in Mirat Hashem. Let's go back there. Amarav Yehuda, Amarav. Hataras Yevama Lashuk Bishmitas Rova Ekev. So what's interesting? When does the actual event of chalitza occur? I will say, at what point in time of shoe removal is she considered to be a chalitza? So Rav Yehuda says the name of Rav, the moment that the majority of the heel is revealed, so the moment that the, the majority of the shoe is removed from the heel, at that moment, at that moment, she is a chalitza. 
Meisve, is that true? Husru Ritsuos Minal, the sandal, right? Ultimately, once you remove the straps of the Minal of the Shura of the sandal, Osha Shamat Rov Haregel, or the majority of the foot is removed, Chalitza Sapsula. Ultimately, and the Chalitza's puzzle. Taima de Shamatu. Now, the reason I will say why the Chalitza's puzzle, why? Because he removed the majority of his foot. Hasham Tehi, but if she removed it, Chalitza Sekshera. The chalitza will be kosher. Then we'll say, what's important for us over here? Rov haregel in. When is chalitza kosher according to the according to the according to the brisa? When the majority of the foot, right? Rov rov ha'ikev lo. The majority of the heel, not so. To which the gemara says, contrary to what we just said before, lo. So lo, lo the gemara says, hainu rov haregel, hainu rov ha'ikev. It's the same thing. Majority of the foot. It means the majority of the heel. I ba'amai karde rov haregel. Why do you call the majority of the heel the majority of the foot? Because ultimately, again, the majority of the weight of the foot, of the body, rests itself on the heel. At what point in time is chalitza complete? When the majority of the heel has been removed from the shoe. Good. So the Mighty Gemara goes weiter. What's a very interesting case? Whether he untied the shoes and she removed it, or she untied the shoes and he removed his foot, the Chalitza's puzzle. Ad sheyatir he v'tashmiti. I will say the only time that Chalitza's kasher is when she has to untie, she has to remove the shoe. The woman must drive. The Yavama must drive the Chalitza process. She has to untie and she has to remove. So by Rabbi Anai, listen to this, Rabbi Osai, Karasu Mao, Sarafsu Mao. So what's the interesting case? What happens if she tore the shoe off? She tore the shoe off. Or she burned the shoe off. That's an interesting one. Right? Right? She burned the shoe off. Right? In other words, mission accomplished. The shoe is off his foot. He might not have a foot either, right? The shoe is off the foot. But Lamaisa, she did it in a different kind of way. So she tore the shoe off. She burnt the shoe off, right? What's the halacha? What's the halacha? Mao, gilui karaba So do we need uh, the foot revealed, right? We need the foot uncovered, the foot revealed, and the mission accomplished, right? Odilma, chalitza ba'inan v'laka. Or maybe not. I will say maybe the process of chalitza is dafka, not just the revealing of the heel, but also what? The actual removal of a shoe. So I will say, which one is it? Which the Gemara says, teiku. We're not sure. We'll say it's a fundamental shaila, right? Is, is the chalitza, is the chalitza the bearing of the heel? Or is the chalitza the removal of the shoe? Or I will say there's a third possibility, which is what? Which is what? It's both. It's both. So the Gemara says take, or we're not sure. We're not sure. Okay. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara goes weiter. Um... Interesting case. What happens if the Yavam is wearing two shoes? One shoe on top of the other. So I will say, what's the halacha? Well, what's the halacha in this kind of case? What's the case? So I will say, if you tell me she's removing the outer shoe and leaving behind the inner shoe, so there's no shayla, that's obviously not good. This is what we established before. She has to remove the shoe that is on his foot. Salah if she's only removing the outer shoe, but leaving the inner shoe, that's obviously not a good chalitza because that's me'al de me'al. She's removing something that's on top of something that's on the foot. Now, here's the case. The case is where she tore open the outer one 
and removed the inner one. So I will say, if you could imagine for a moment, if he's wearing two thin pairs of shoes, she tears open the outer one, but the outer one is still what? Still what? Still on him. Still on him. But if she, you can imagine, she tears open, let's say, the bottom of the outer one and then removes the inner one. What's the halacha? Vekai iloi. My chalitza b'ina ba'ika. So what's I do? We say, listen, we, we require the removal of the inner shoe. And she's done that. Odilma or do we say we need a total revealing of the foot? And I both say that's not the case over here. Because let's remember again, so imagine she tears open the outer shoe, goes in, removes the inner shoe. So now I both say, has the inner shoe been removed? Has the inner shoe been removed? Yes. Has the foot been revealed? No. Why? Because the outer shoe still remains there. So what's the base? So the Gemara says, I will say, it's always interesting to see when the Gemara plays this card, right? Well, come on, can a case like this really happen? Like, really, this is the case you're asking this, right? Right? This, this, this is what bothers you? Multiple shoes is what keeps you up at night? So I will say, but yet, yet the Gemara says, just from a serious perspective, do people wear multiple shoes? People wear multiple shoes? To which the Gemara says, in the Chazuad Rabban al the Nafik Pechamisha, the Hagosian changes this to Chamisha Zugos. Rabbi Yehuda once went out with five pairs of shoes. Well, say the Masha comments on this, right? Chamisha Zugos Muki Lashuka. The Masha points out to me that why did Rabbi Yehuda do this? Because again, he was ill or he was like an istinus, very cold. So the five pairs of shoes gave his, gave his feet warmth. Okay, the point over here is people did it. People did it. They went with, uh, they went with, but it almost seems like they must have had more like a, like a sock shoe type of uh, type of type of thing, but Lamaisa, okay, five pairs of shoes. I'm gonna do it So I will say. So again, I just want to point out. I just want to point out the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't go ahead and seem to answer this one, right? The Gemara goes ahead and, and just kind of leaves this one without resolution. We'll see what the Allah Lamaisa is. Anyway, the Gemara goes weiter. Some Rav Yehuda Marav Yivama Shegdila Ben Achin. I will say it's a fascinating case. Let's say you have a Vama, a Yivama Shegdila Ben Achin. In other words, I will say so. She, she lived amongst the brothers. She lived amongst the brothers. So I will say, so the case over here, here, here's the case. The family lives together. Family lives together. So, right, so Rachel's married to Ruvain, one of the brothers, and Ruvain passes away. Ruvain passes away. So now what happens? They're all living in the house together. So Yivam Shekdila bin Aachen, Muteres li She's still allowed to do Yibam. Okay, right? What, what's the Chiddush? Listen to this. This is fascinating. You see, they're all living in the same house, right? They're a close-knit family. So you might have thought maybe kind of what happened over the course of time, right? So Rachel's married to Ruvain. Ruvain passed away. Everyone's living in the same house. Everyone's close. Maybe I should be choshesh that what? One time, one of the brothers came home, right? He was exhausted. And maybe what did Rachel help him do? What did she help him do? She helped him take off his shoes. Take off his shoes. Okay, that's, it's called chaser. It's also called chalitza, right? So maybe we should be concerned that we shouldn't allow her to do chalitza because maybe, again, it's a tight-knit family. Maybe she helped one of the brothers take off a shoe. To which the Gemara says, Then, so we'll say, the Gemara says, Now, the reason for this is because we've never seen her take off the shoe of one of the brothers. But I will say, if we were to see her take off the shoes, let's say, we're, let's say we're watching, right? We see they're in the house, they're in the house, right? Ultimately, you say, by the way, you could even imagine where this could happen, right? You could imagine, I'll tell you, I'll just, I'll paint a picture for you. Rachel's married to Ruvain. Ruvain dies. 
Ruvain dies. They're getting ready for the Levaya. Right? They will say they're taking off their leather shoes. Right? I mean, you can wear leather shoes for Levaya, but they're taking off their leather shoes. Rachel helps one of the brothers take off his shoes. Take off his shoes. We, we just saw her. We just saw her take off the shoes of one of the brothers. So says the Gemara, the only reason we don't have to be choshesh for it is because we didn't see it. But if we were to see it, ha-chazinon chashinon. Really? What, even then, why should we be concerned for Chalitza? After all, the whole time we learned, Benshin is kavin hu, velon is kavnehi. If he had kavana for Chalitza, but she didn't, Benshin is kavnehi, velon is kavin hu, or she had kavana and he didn't, Chalitza sapsula, ad she is kavnu shtem ke'echon. They will say, by the way, Chalitza requires kavana. Chalitza requires kavana. Kavana on whose part? On both the Yavam and the Yabama. Both of them require Chalitza. So I will say, if Chalitza, in other words, if there is the removal of a shoe, but Lamaisa, no Kavana, that's not Chalitza. That's not Chalitza. So I will say, even going back to our case, where let's say again, they're getting ready for the Levaya, you see her taking off the shoe of one of the brothers. Is that Chalitza? Absolutely not. So what's the problem over here? To which the Gemara says, Hakikam, is what it means to say, Afagav de Chazinon, Ein Choshishin Shema Kivnu. Now, what we're meant to say is like this. Even if you saw her, taking off the shoe of one of the brothers, were not Choshesh that they had Kavana for Chalitza. That's the Chiddush Arabosai, which is pretty amazing. So even if you saw her, Mamish taking off the shoes of one of the brothers, were not Choshesh for Chalitza. Vigidami, others say, The reason we're not Choshesh is because we didn't see. Whereas if you don't see her taking, even though they're all living in the house together, if you don't see her taking off the shoe of one of the brothers, you need not be Choshesh, choshesh that shoe removal took place. But I will say, if we were to see it, if we were to see her taking off the shoes of one of the brothers, we would be choshesh that maybe that's a chalitza. The Gemara says, But what about the fact that we just said that chalitza requires kavana? I will say, this is incredible. When does chalitza require kavana on the part of all parties involved? That's to allow her to marry into the general population. But to the brothers, she could become pasal or psula, even without a bona fide chalitza. This is dramatically, rivetingly amazing. We just learned something fascinatingly new, which is, I will say, there's tzvei dinin by chalitza. There's two concepts, there's two levels of chalitza. There's chalitza that allows her to marry into the general population, and then there's chalitza that ultimately, again, pasals her from marrying the brothers. And it's Tzvedinin, it's two different levels of Chalitza. Chalitza that allows you to marry into the general population. What type of Chalitza is that? What type of Chalitza is that? What, what type of Chalitza is that? That's Chalitza that has Kavana on the part of all parties. That's a Chalitza ultimately again, where she has Kavana, where he has Kavana. That's Chalitza that allows you to marry into the general population. But Abosai, even what we'll call a behavioral Chalitza, right? The Chalitza that goes through the motions of Chalitza, even without Kavana, well, what? Well, what? Will shut down the possibility of her marrying the brothers. So I'll say, isn't that fascinating? Now, again, you're still going to probably require another chalitza in that case to just seal the deal, a proper chalitza. But Lamaisa, once there is something that looks like chalitza with their brothers, Yibam is off the table. Yibam is off the table. So I'll say, so literally, again, so watch this. So, like, if you have this situation where they're getting ready for the Levaya, and Rachel goes over to uh, Shimon, one of the brothers, right? Helps him take off his shoes. They will say, what's the in that moment? What's the And we see it. We see it. What's the Done. Ye- the door to Yibam is shut. No Yibam. 
no yibum, and ultimately she can no longer marry any of the brothers. Can she marry into the general general population pool? No, no. That that was still going to require. Isn't that incredible? Absolutely incredible. I'm going to do my rav. say back to sandal. Sandal atavra bepeshta in cholzin bow. I will say if you have a sandal, this is actually very interesting. That is sewn with linen. You can't use it for chalitza. Then I will say now, what does it mean that the sandal is sewn with linen? Take a look at Rashi. Shetafar besocho beget pishtan kein shetafar besocho levadin lishnachmina tafar bepishtan shetafar bemeshicha. Then I will say two possibilities. Either it's a shoe with a linen lining, or more simpler, or more more. More simpler? Simpler, simpler right? 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 Or more, or more simply put, it's a shoe that has linen stitching. A shoe that has linen stitching. Okay, fine. What's the aloha? Doesn't work. Either way, you can't go ahead and use it for chalitza. Why not? So quotes the Pasik, quotes the Pasik of Micheskel, and the Pasik of Micheskel says, I will literally shoe you. I don't know if that's the right verb, right? I will put you in a shoe of tachash. I will say, what's tachash? By the way, tachash, amazing of the Gemara Masech Shabbos, we saw tachash. Tachash was the miraculous animal that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created for the Midbar, that whose skin was used for the curtains of, for the, actually for the roof of the Mishkan. The idea over here is what's a shoe? What's a shoe? A shoe is a shoe that is made from, from leather. If it's not made from leather, it's not a shoe. And by the way, not only that, if it's made from additional items, then leather, it's also not called a shoe. So therefore, again, if you use linen stitching, it doesn't work. doesn't work. I'll take it a step further. Maybe you could only use a, a shoe of tachash leather. Now, Bosai, that's going to be a problem because the truth is the tachash animal no longer exists. But at least, at least we'll say tachash means an animal, animal skin. Maybe you could only use tachashu, a tachashu, to which the Gemara says nothing else, to which the Gemara says na'al na'al riba. No, the Pasuk says na'al. And na'al comes to teach you all kinds of shoes. If that's the case, then again, maybe na'al comes to include all kinds of shoes, even with linen stitching or linen inserts, to which the Gemara says, imkein tachash maya If that's the case, then what good is tachash? Fine. So I will say, Interesting case. What happens if you have a shoe that's made of leather, but its laces, its laces are made of hair, made of animal hair. So I'll say, so the shoe is made of leather, but ultimately, again, the, the laces are made of hair. Mao, amrle, milo, karina, That works, because I'll say, what does vanalech tachash means? The shoe has to come from the tachash, which means what? The shoe has to come from an animal. Well, guess what? The hair comes from an animal also. That's good enough. Ihachi, kula seyar nami. If that's the case, what happens if you have a shoe totally made of animal hair. Maybe that should work as well. Hahu karkar mikri. That's not called the minal, that's called the karkar. Apparently they used to make a type of shoe that was made out of animal hair, but that's not called the minal, that's not called the shoe, that's called the karkar. Okay. Amir Khanal Shmuel. Mimai dahai bechalzanalo min al raglo mishlafu. Now this is an incredible sugya. All of this is based, all of this is based on the phrase the chalza. Right, so both say so the Pasik is the Niga Shivintu Allah the Ainis the Ainiazikin and the Khaltsa Naalo Mi Al Raglo. Now both say, how do we translate the Khaltsa? How do we translate the Khaltsa? She will remove the shoe from his foot. She'll remove the shoe, that's the khaltsa. She'll remove the shoe from his foot. So both say, get ready for this. Get ready, this, this is gonna this is gonna blow your mind. The khaltsa nalo mi araglo. Mishlafu. Now both say, so what does the khaltsa mean? What does the khaltsa mean? She'll remove. 
Dixiv, v'choltsu es ha'avonim asher bahem anaga. They both say, because where else do we see this lashon? Saras habayis. The home is stricken with saras, or at least what looks like saras. So what's the halacha? What do you do? V'choltsu es ha'avonim. What does that mean? What does that mean? You'll remove the stones. So you see, a lashon of v'choltsa is a lashon of removal. A lashon of removal. So the Gemara says, get ready for this. Ve'ima zaruzihu. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe v'choltsa doesn't mean removal. Maybe chaltsa's lashon zaruze. Now both say, what is, look at Rashi, zaruzehu. Shenot lasa me'algabe karka uman ilasa biraglo. Now both say, get ready for this. Maybe, maybe the chaltsa doesn't mean take off his shoe. Maybe the chaltsa means what? Put on his shoe. Put on his shoe. So the Gemara says, where would I see this from? Dixiv. Because I will say, what does the Pasik says? What does the Pasik say? Hechaltsumeitchem. Now we'll say, what does that mean? Hechaltsumeitchem anoshim latsava. What does that mean? Now we'll say, in this Lashen, Hechaltsum means strengthen. Strengthen. Add people from your ranks to the army. We'll say, before we go on, I just want to tell you an incredible Mr. Haskell on this. Do you understand what just happened over here? You understand what just happened over here? If you, were, if you were three more cups of coffee into your day, you would be falling off your chair with this Gemara. Why? They both say, understand what, just, what the Gemara just did. The Gemara just taught us the concept of having a paradigm shift. Right? What does it mean to have a paradigm shift? Right? You look at the world a certain way. Look at the world a certain way. And a paradigm shift means just because I look at the world a certain way, I sometimes have to learn to, learn to look at the world in a dramatically different way. For my entire life, I've been looking at the Pasuk of... V'chaltsa na'alo, and it's a dover pashit that v'chaltsa na'alo means what? Means what? Remove the shoe. The Gemara says, by the way, maybe it means put the shoe on. It means put the shoe on. Now, both sides, I just want to point out, to, it's, that's not going to be the maskana. We know already. It's a little bit anticlimactic. We know how this ends. But the most will say, the exercise is so profound because the exercise requires you to see things from, at least for a couple of lines of Gemara, from a totally different perspective. And this is how Chazal condition us to the concept of a paradigm shift. Because in life, if you can't see things from different vantage points, and if you can't see things from different perspectives, you become locked in your ways and fundamentally unable to grow. The ability to experience a paradigm shift and be able to see things from a dramatically different vantage point is the absolute core necessity for personalistic actualization and growth. And I both say, that's what's unfolding over here. Ksuvis daf kuf beis amud beis 102b, a fundamental paradigm shift. So the Gemara says, maybe, again, veichatz, right? Vechalatz, vechalatz means to put on. After all, we'll just finish this off. Vechalatz, the Gemara says, heichatzu meitchem anashim atzava. And heichatzu means, add people to the army. Bring people to the army. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Hasam nami shalufi mi karva. It means remove people from their homes and bring them to the battle. So I will say, even there, even there, right? I'm sorry. Doesn't mean bring people to the army. It means remove people from their homes and bring them to the standing army. So we'll have to stop over here. We're going to continue with this dramatic discussion. Tomorrow, shkoyach.